Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, let's do it live on a Thursday that feels like a Friday edition. Feels like a Friday edition. Merely bow the great sea. School's out for summer. That doesn't, it is that doesn't what it mean feels you like. have another day of school tomorrow. It feels like it should be yeah. on a Friday. I think, in fact, I'd say bad job by the NFL to have this always be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday affair because ending on Friday, it would be, it would be joyous. And it was fun. It was a fun day out there. The Browns had a ton of alumni out there, um, a spirited practice. There was It was a lot of jocularity. Yeah. Good day for the D. Watson had some great balls again. It was a it was a fun a fun day, but the highlight for me and I think for Gibbe as well and you vicariously through us yeah. was seeing the great Jim Donovan was yeah. out of practice today looking good, looking strong, you know, that's what you oh, yeah. that's what you worry about, yeah. right? That he starts to look frail. He looked very very strong and and said he was feeling good and He's, so far, everything's responded very well for him. And it was just great to see him. And then, you know, after he said, kind of, how are you doing? He said, you know, it's surprisingly uh, much better than I thought. And then we just were hanging out talking about the, the Browns. And it was it was great and couldn't be happier. Yeah, that's well, – I would have loved to have seen him. I mean, it's um, – that's something that you just want to embrace the guy. He's yeah, the best. absolutely. Uh, absolutely the best. To see the voice and see him out here today was, was obviously very, very special for you guys. Yeah. Um, and had I not been in route, would have been for me as well. Of course. Um, Give me a feeling on, from an intensity standpoint, one, two, three. The days? Yeah. I think today was probably not the least intense of the three days. Yeah. Day one was the most intense. Day two, I thought the defense really tried to up their intensity a little yeah. bit. Um, it, it, here's the bottom line. And I, I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it, because it's really all we can do at this point. You talk to anybody on this team, you talk to any coach on this team, you start yeah. talking about this football team, they are smiling ear to ear. They know what this team can be. It's going to be a matter of two things, right? Number one, staying healthy. Things can change very quickly if yeah. certain people get injured. Yep. Okay, So staying healthy. And number two, just executing, just being what we clearly are capable of being. And that comes through, coming through when it matters, right? This is a talented football team. You're talking about, you know, the questions that you may have, you know, what's weighing on your mind going to the Greenbrier. Obviously, you want to continue to see Deshaun be what we've seen and, and the fact that it feels like he is back. What would be weighing on my mind is have they updated the bathrooms? That would be an important thing yeah. at the Greenbrier as well. Will there be 
a variety of food offerings, or are we going to be just, just Jerry West and a few cafes, a pizza place? Um, Gerard was very I'm concerned a, about the food I, already. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the food situation. That's a conversation for off the air. Okay. All right. I'm sure we're going to be eating with the team. I mean, it just feels like the most likely scenario. Well, you would think. <laughs> that doesn't seem like no, the most likely no, scenario gonna, to me. I'm just going to throw that out there. Then we'll be at Jerry West's. Every day. Every day. Lunch dinner. J- fine. You could run down to Sneed's for uh, breakfast or lunch. Sneed's maybe. great. Yeah, absolutely. For a great there. lunch right on the golf course. I would course. like the left side of the menu. I'm expensive. <laughs> Jerry West. You could go take home a, a signed bottle of wine. You should do wine. that. You should. I have one. So I do I. It. Yeah. yeah, we did that. that and that yeah. honestly felt like a hell of a deal. Felt like a great deal. Yeah. It was about the price you'd expect to pay for like a reasonably overpriced cab at a steakhouse. Right. <laughs> and you got Jerry West's autograph. Bonus. Yeah. I want to say it was like 150 bucks for the yeah. bottle, which is exactly how you just so perfectly described by you. <laughs> reasonably overpriced. Reasonably overpriced cab. is That's what it is. It's, that's the number. Um that, by the way, is the most frustrating thing in fine dining, is what they do with the wine. It's they got, do it more than in anything else. It's out of control. Out of control. It's out of control. And it's one of those things that, as somebody who has worked hard to cultivate a collection at my house, yeah, like the fact, like I, that more places don't have a corkage fee, and I understand why they don't have a corkage yeah. fee. But at the end of the day, if you have a corkage fee and you get enough people who are into it, and say you call it twenty a pop, yep. You're making all that. That's for nothing. Would seem so, yeah. That's $20. Yeah. It's pure profit. Correct. Every yeah. pop. Yep. You're not buying any inventory. Yeah. Nothing. You're literally right. getting, here, yeah. have a $20 yeah. bill. It feels like a win. And I'd be a lot happier. The amount of time that I that I spend between 80 and and $100, $120 on a bottle of wine at a steakhouse, uh, somewhere is usually in that vicinity is where you like to try to be unless it's something special then you go. But for a for an MSRP bottle that is forty, that's the hard part. If you know, infuriating, infuriating. It's infuriating. And one, if forty to go to one twenty is, and that's that's, that's the reg. And Mexico, it's ten x. If it's a 10X? known California wine, like a wine that you would recognize, really ten x. Yeah, Camus was over a thousand dollars. The the. Um, I got a guy. Oh my gosh, I got a guy on that. By the way, oh, hold on. What Camus, was if you like Camus? I do like Camus. Okay. The. It was like not even fully a do because that was good. It's something other one. It was like their intrinsic dark or whatever. Yeah. And it was oh the Menage a Trois dark. Oh yeah yeah Which yeah, is yeah. a ten dollar bottle of wine. That's right. Was a hundred dollars in Mexico. <laughs> Everything else there was dirt cheap except for American, except for American and French wines. Those were nuts. But if you got like an Argentinian or you even got a Mexican wine, they were fine. Totally reasonable. Oh my god. Thousand dollars for a Camus? Come on. What are we doing? That's outrageous. I think that as outrageous as that is, and I realize the multiples the same. The thing that you can charge a hundred dollars for a ten dollar bottle of wine to me is the yeah. most ludicrous thing ever. You can't make sense of some things that happen in foreign countries. I think it's just as silly when I see a twenty eight or thirty two dollar bottle of cab for eighty in in that's our fine, in our fair city. I think that's a joke. When you have to get like a sixty dollar bottle of wine, you know that you're yeah, you're at the bottom of the barrel, brother. Yeah. Uh, all right, so all right. you were going anyway. through your concerns, and I interrupted. Been interrupted. I don't even know how. I don't know where. You... Oh, you had your concerns. You said as you go down to the Brick no. Briar, and I said, I think well, your concerns are: is Jerome shower. Ford ready to be the number two running? Oh, they're back? so is marginal. Like, who's going to make this team as the fifth, sixth, seventh linebacker? Who's going to be you know the fifth, sixth defensive yeah. end? How's the defensive tackle battle you know for the fourth, third, fourth defensive tackle going to yeah. shake out? Is DeAnthony Bell hold off Ronnie Hickman to be the fourth yeah. safety? You know, who ends up being the fifth, sixth corners? That's that's all we're talking about. 
let me can we one of the other concerns is can we get to the practice squad yeah the guys we want to get to the practice squad that's the difference that's in it. this roster that's where you're at i th- i think of the the only one that i can think of from a position battle that is the other defensive tackle like one of those guys has to be a dude be really nice if they were a dude it's not necessary but i would love for jordan elliott Perry and Winfrey, one of those guys. Mo Hurst. Keep an eye on Mo Hurst. Uh, he's a Michigan kid who is highly, highly regarded. He's been very uh, productive and is, when healthy. Yeah, so if he can stay healthy, he would be – that might be the answer that to that. a little scores for you right I like there. that. I like that. I like that. I was curious how he looked. So that's a nice job, Eddie. You get yeah. just drop a little scores for the kid on what should feel like. And it's hard, right? This isn't – Yeah. This, none of this is football, but in terms of – It was like of, a Friday score that you gave us. Almost makes me think today is Friday. In fact, by the time this show is over, when I leave here, I might be convinced that it's Friday. I'm just Act saying accordingly. The other thing I but would I'll say. But I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see how the day goes. The other thing. <laughs> the other. So, so that's kind of the only question. And then I think the only other thing is like at the linebacker position. But this one is more of a. This is more of a. I don't, can't even think of the word to describe it. But it's more of a. It's just the health. Can the linebacker room stay completely healthy and upright? Because Correct. I like those guys. A lot of them are slight of build. Can they, you know, can Jacob Phillips stay healthy for a full year? Anthony Walker coming off a big injury. Uh, Taki. JOK, Taki. Like, is that linebacker room healthy enough? But that's it. I mean, it's – and those are – Here's the, And here's another thing just to kind of ponder as you think about that holistically is that this is going to be a defense that is going to have three linebackers on the field, maybe ten plays a game. Right. Right. Maybe. Right. You're going to be in the two-linebacker world. Kunashik's had a great camp. Uh, I believe next Wednesday, I'm told, you will you will get. You got a date Wednesday, baby. I'm told next Wednesday. You got a date Wednesday with yeah. a with a 20-minute Kunashik bomb. You're welcome. <laughs> Jeez. From so, afar, just gifts from afar. Come on, showering you, showering you. Uh, <laughs> he's had a very good camp. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Tony Fields has progressed. JOK's looked good. They're in this defense. Their job, so the guys up front, their job is to mess stuff up. Mm-hmm. Get upfield and mess stuff up. Obviously, there are some constraints. It's not just a complete free-for-all, but yeah. that's that's the idea. And then the linebackers are supposed to clean it up. Yeah. So the linebackers, as the nerve center of this defense, are going to make sure everybody's aligned right, make sure everybody understands the call, what they're supposed to be doing, and then they're going to be the ones who are just flying to the football, hitting tackling and then obviously trying to disrupt the pass game as well blitzing at times because we're going to be bringing five quite a bit that room to your point though there are some question marks in that room yep but there is talent and again Mm -hmm. schematically we're going to have situations where i think we have three corners on the field the vast majority of the time we're going to have other situations we're going to have three safeties on the field where either i think a mcleod or a grant delpit can serve as a quote unquote linebacker in your scheme so there's going to be a lot of diversity in what we do there. But, yeah, you're right. And and how – here's the other thing that I – and I'm going to try to put – and maybe we could do this – I don't know if we want to do this tomorrow or if you want to wait for this, but there's a thought. Is, we're not doing a show Saturday. Go not ahead. doing – good. I, thank you. And I won't be here on Monday. So Bishop, maybe don't start a week from Monday. Be flying solo all next week. A week from Monday. <laughs> oh, wait, we'll you already show. are because Slappy's Slap. taking another week off. He's, he's, there's his vacation. What do you want? He's earned it. Thank earned you. Earned the right. These are the right. By the way, my mom has made a very astute observation, oh. the official nana of the program. Okay. I when like you're it. not here and it's just me and him, he's nice to me. 
and he actually is because maybe it's we're working together on the show. We're collaborating, so he's like actually nice. <laughs> so I'm the and cause of the evil. Here, well, no, she's not in saying that at all. Yeah, she just I thinks that, that, that it, it, it. I think that out of necessity. <laughs> For the betterment of the program, you have to be nice once just the two of us. Now that you have Bo to carry a lot of weight, that just frees him up for the, to be evil. To come at you. Yeah. That's, that's to right. actually do my job. Well, so just a little peek behind oh, the curtain funny. for the people. Are you guys ready? We're coming up here now. Yeah, we are ready. My mic's on. I said, hey, our mics are off. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like it was all part of the plan. Like it was all part of the plan. <laughs> Well, 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 machine. Nothing so to good. See over here. So good. Uh, so good. Been Incredible. Week. Been yeah, a week. It really is. Um, it's been a week. There's really so. Anyway, that's where you are. There's not many questions. It all just comes down to. Um, it's just going to come. You are one of the uh, five, six, seven, or eight teams um, in the AFC that has everything that is needed to go win the Super Bowl. It's yes. just a matter of do you get breaks? Do you make the big plays in the big moments? But in terms of. Um, if you think about Andrew Barry's job in an off season is to deliver that, do everything in his power to deliver the most talented roster that he can possibly put together. And you feel like he's done that. And now it's just a matter of the uncontrollables health, um, how you respond in moments in games, those type of things. But in terms of the groceries to make a meal, they're all here. Fine. Farm to table, baby. That's right. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's right. Farm to table, and it's it's a lovely farm, Yeah, and it's a delightful table. It really is. It is. And so this team is gone. <laughs> gone. Gone. And they will reconvene July 19th-ish, and then they will head south. I would liken what happens at the end of this final practice of minicamp <laughs> to the way that my coach described my basketball game, which was he, in his mind, felt that – I played on a basketball court that was tilted like this, this being the offense yeah. and this being the defense. Because he said, your ability to get, once you saw a missed shot, to get down here and go get a layup was unbelievable. It's the speed. It was like I was Carl Lewis, for those old <laughs> enough to know that reference. But then getting back here it was very challenging for me. Going uphill, yeah. they, were, they were me on uh, feeling yeah. like they are going to get an outlet, an easy layup, an easy bucket. That's how fast. I think there, I have several kids that I coach that are of a, a similar ilk that there's an, an, a real excitement about going that way and less of an excitement about doing this work. What's fun about that? Nothing. There's no fun. There was never no a point. There are, there were a few plays, and I would liken it to what Kevin Love did against Steph Curry in, in Game 7. Yeah. Like, I think that's an appropriate comparison with the greatest stop in NBA history to your high school. No, that's not what sport. I was saying at all. No, 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 no. Not even <laughs> close to equating that. What I was saying is Kevin Love was not a guy who yeah. was off. But he had it in him. But had it in him, and and he said, you know what? In this moment, I I did it because it was necessary, and he probably felt great about it. But yeah. most times, he's probably like, I just want to rebound and throw a sweet outlet pass or shoot a three yeah. from the corner or whatever. That was just more the mentality of yeah. every. I didn't get the much satisfaction from playing defense, except Nobody if does. it was a moment like that, which is a one play. Like, okay, I can go crazy for one yeah. play, and I get a stop. Then I get excited. But like once, yeah. The rest of the time, give me the give me the rock, That's baby. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's more fun. No, that was not, not equating my career in any way. I'm known for hyperbole, <laughs> and as you said, let's talk about my greatness as much as possible. That's not what I was doing. Yeah, anytime anytime I mean, it's a win. Yeah, huge uh, win. No, nobody wants to do that. But, yeah, no, I think that that's appropriate, that there's a downhill shift to the airport, like a rocket ship. It's kind of the invert of, like, when they used to do Black Friday at, like, uh, the the blockbuster or whatever, or not the blockbuster. The, at midnight? Uh, at Best Buy Best or whatever. Buy. Yeah, 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 it was, like, the midnight, midnight madness. <laughs> Sprint, like yeah. that's what happened. Like, how many people are in the two one six 
that don't live here year-round by tonight at 7. Zero? That don't live here year-round? Yeah. Zero. And are not injured? And are not injured. Zero. Zero. Gone. Yeah. They're out. We, there, were pl- there were people, no names, walking out as we were walking into the cafeteria to eat. And it was at 12.50, and practice ended at 12.10. All right, we'll see you later. There were many. It's like Costanza. I was like, all right. I guess we don't have any post-practice meetings Speaking of, it was like Costanza getting out of the fire situation at the party. That's great. That's how good they were. That's how quickly they were trying to get out of there. Shoving people aside. Shoving old ladies aside. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. What do you make of uh, this weather that we've had for this? I mean, it's perfect for football. I don't yeah. know that there's – I don't think there's any smoke, right? It's just smog, but, I mean, it's Today, kind of just it's just clouds, yeah. Just Today, clouds. I think we're through, hopefully, through that haze. little wind hopefully moves that through. As long as whatever was in New York City yesterday doesn't start trending this yeah. direction. <laughs> I mean, that's what the motherland looks like by August in most summers. Like, two years ago, we flew in to Bozeman, and when we landed at the airport in Bozeman, which is actually Belgrade, you could not see the mountains. And you're landing in the middle of a mountain range, but the smog, the smoke was so thick, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like we're, we flew into this, you're not gonna be able to see anything. And woke up the next day, there was a, there was wind. Woke up the next morning, clear. So that's how quickly it moves out there. But that what New York's had last night is, I mean, we're quite familiar with that. What's crazy though is it's coming like, and it blew Sweet Miss Kay's mind last night when we she pulled out a map to look at where Alberta is. It's not just coming from there. It's coming from Quebec, too. Yeah, there's 420 okay. fires. Or yeah, so. Quebec it's, makes a lot more sense all, for New York. It's burning like crazy. Sweet Miss Kay was un- unaware of the proximity of Alberta. Well, she was just was stunned that how is this getting through Michigan and Ohio and, yeah. and all of that. All and of I said, well, Canada. that's the natural jet stream. Jet stream. Yeah. yeah. Carry it right bring on it, over. Bringing it straight at, through. W- at 10 o'clock last night, Philadelphia had the, had the worst air pollution of any city in the world. Really, because of Boy, all of this because smoke. of what was going on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was. I wonder. I, they must have. They must be having drought. In they, Canada, they, they said. Have to be. They said. I read somewhere they get forest fires. Yeah, I mean, they would. They, they have they, forests. Yeah. That, yeah. They, that these happen, and because it's so dry, well, most of them started from lightning strikes. Usually, what happens out west? Yeah. But they said it's a lot earlier than normal. Yeah, and it's. Normally, I'm guessing they have it just like we do in Correct. Montana, but it's usually July, August is when they happen. Like, they don't happen May. Yeah, that's when you get those electrical storms yeah. with the heat. Yeah, and you get Bouncing off heat. the mountains. Plus, we're usually not this dry this time of year. Crispy. And it's crackly. Is it next week we're finally going to see some rain? <laughs> yeah. It's Allegedly. A it's occurs whole week of vacation. It's now five of the seven days. There's at least a 40% chance. He loves for it. it. No, He's no. So when we go up to Michigan, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in yeah. Michigan, are oh, you'll be okay. Be, are yeah. great. Actually, like 80, yeah. sunny, great. And yeah, that'll be it's the, right like, here. It's here, and it will be uh, the days that we are uh, going to Cedar Point. But maybe that'll keep actually that'll, that'll keep thin out the park yes. a little bit. That's a good. That's that's a good day to go to the park. Not if it's like steady raining. No, but. So overcast with, okay. the, with, the, with a hint? Uh, overcast and a hint. Dials. Looks like Monday, Tuesday are the real bombs. And those are the days that we're Yeah, and parking. then after that, it's fine. Yeah. And I'm great with that because I'm tired of watering my lawn, and I'm, I can only imagine what my water bill is trying to grow grass right now in June. <sighs> it's not ideal. No. That's like Gibbe would thrive with a well, a real spring well for Gibbe to. The only, like I said, the only problem with the well, I mean, we have two you're, of them. You're I going to put in dry. a second one. That's the one that runs the sprinkler system yeah. is running out every I time. Know. 
Low. I drink your milkshake. Too many people drink it out of the milkshake, kids. Siciliano was uh, – he was here. He's here. Yeah. He's in town. There's a reason he's in town. Oh, is there? Will he share that, or is that just a tease? Yes, it's in the notes. It's in the tease. Oh, very good. Oh, there it is. It's a very big moment for him. So we'll ask him about that, among other things. We're off and running. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans should reach the final round of the new dog logo contest. Make sure to let your voice be heard. Vote for your favorite one, one per day. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash dog logo to cast your vote. Well, since this is Friday, this is the last day to vote. Last day to vote. Yeah, it's all over. That's true. He wasn't up. It's a shame. Don't say it. Start <laughs> promoting. No, it's not the last day. No, it's, fr- it it's Friday. It feels like Friday to me. It, really it feels is like not. Friday. You can't say that. FLF, brother. feels yeah, like Friday. Feels We're going like to be Friday. in meetings. You may not be going home. Keep we'll up with in, it. We'll be Keep up with meetings. that. Why are you being meetings, meetings for saying it feels like Friday? Let's ask Siciliano. He joins us on the yeah. Twisted Tea Hotline, uh, NFL Network, uh, great friend of the program. Andrew, yes. does it feel like Friday to you? Um, guys, I was on a red eye last night. I, I just, I have no concept of what day it is. <laughs> that sounds like an exact. Feels like a Friday then to me. That's a Friday explanation. Uh, you were out here today, yeah, man. What'd you I think? Uh, what I think, I mean, I think it was a nice, fun, quick. Uh, last day of school kind of practice, you know, like it, like it should be. School's out for summer. Um, go out there for the next month, uh, relax, stay fresh, uh, don't do anything silly, and uh, be in West Virginia in five weeks. That or six weeks, whatever it is. That kind of, oh my that kind of thing. Yeah, that's hard to wrap my head around. He's right, though. Six. Weeks I know like, he's that's not. Oh, I'm well so aware. Quick, so yes, quick. Yes, very quick. Uh, uh, I mean, Andrew, you, you guys. You, you guys know that, like, this is, a, you know, minicamp this week or minicamp next week. There are 22 teams, I think, that have minicamps next week. And then it, it, the league shuts down for a month. So um, I think there is, whether it's with the Browns or any of the other teams, um, a, uh, a, a sense of relief that you get a big break. But at the same time, uh, also realizing you got to get some good work in because, uh, you know, the, the, the days are limited and the – the season's actually a lot closer than you would think. Yeah. And it, it starts with the Bengals at the Steelers, and you get the Ravens at home in your first four games, so you got to be ready to roll when it is time to go. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been looking great, Andrew. I thought his Tuesday practice was simply sensational. Had a nice dime to DPJ today uh, as well as some others. But, you know, you've got to throw a dime uh, and tomorrow night which I guess could be Saturday, maybe Friday night, either way. you got to throw a dime tomorrow night at the Guardians, baby. How are you feeling? What's the mindset? Have there been practice pitches made? Are you bringing the heater? Are you throwing a curve? What's the thought process here? All right, so the fact is, Nathan, I I, I didn't expect this to become public, but evidently it is now public. Um, I am out of first pitch tomorrow at the game. Uh, I am, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit anxious. Yeah, a little bit yep. anxious. Yeah, um, I I did um, I did yesterday. You know, back in LA, uh, worked the arm out a little bit and played some catch with a bud, and um, you know, felt fine. Like the last time I played catch about a month ago was with my eight-year-old nephew. A little bit different. So yeah. I'm feeling okay. But like I was talking about it with some people today, yourself included. Like, do do you wing it in there? Yeah. Or, yes. or do you just kind of? 
make sure it gets there. And here's and no one's gonna no one's gonna care if you just make sure it gets there, right? That's true. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure it gets there. But if you have throw you a done it before? Geez, great have question. you done it before? I, I did it like twelve years ago, and it got there, but um, it like it hit the plate. Like it had a little dirt uh-huh. on it. Yep. It got yep. it, it wasn't like a three hopper. It wasn't like yeah. a Travis Kelsey. I mean, it was right down the middle. It was just it was. Yeah, 60 feet and not six inches, just 60 feet. I like it. Here's how I feel about it. You've done it before. Let's go ahead and let's bring a little bit of the cheese. Give them the high, hard one, you know, a little shoulder high fastball. Bring it. That's safe. It's going to get there. They'll catch it. Number two, the goal in my mind, if, if I ever get an opportunity to do this, my goal is to finish somewhere on the spectrum between Fafa Fuhai slash Travis Kelsey on one end, right. and then right. Ichiro on the other when he came back in full uniform piped and piped it like 93 <laughs> after not playing baseball a for a long spectrum. time. Big spectrum. All you have to do is come in between those two. That's it. Look, Ichi- Ichiro at 60 years old can roll out of bed and get three hits. I guarantee yeah. you. No doubt. He will That's be fair. able to do He's that. unreal. So to compare yeah. me to Ichiro is just rough. Be- but I, you I just got to be below Ichiro be and above Kelsey, Kelsey and Fafa Fuhai. Yeah, and you can do that. You got to be full confidence. Than Kelsey. Right. Now, like, I think we had Kelsey on the network a couple of weeks ago. He was trying to tell me that, like, he wasn't supposed to do it. Like, it was supposed to be mom. And uh, then he stepped on. in because mom didn't want to do it. And he didn't warm up. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, seriously. But at the same time, like, it's not like. You know, I could say tomorrow, hey, can we go down to the tunnel and loosen up? Like, I, I don't know that I'm going to get I think you might be able to, to say that. Yeah, I think you could I think do you, that. I think you can say that. I think you could uncork they, some. They have an indoor, like, yes. throwing yeah, area. I think you can do that. batting yeah. cage area. When the Miz did it, I was with him, and he threw plenty of pitches there and actually threw a nice a nice first yeah. pitch in there. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. He, he's the Miz, though, again, you know. I, I, I think there are two things the that I would have in – my, this would be the, these would be the two things I'd think. Number one, I would aim high yep. because what you yes. what happened to you the last time is what happened to me when where my my pitch hit the back end of the plate. Ah. Like it was over the middle, but it was it was hit the back point of the plate. And I wished that I had aimed higher because you don't realize how far sixty feet six inches is until you're out there and you're like, wow, that's a lot further than I thought, especially juxtaposed to a stadium. Um, so that would be the first thing. And then this would be my other thing. And this is just the reality of it. Not that many people are paying attention. I, I know you're, you're, you're totally right. And, Unless and you that's go viral. why if you just lob it in there, you're like, yeah. Hey, we're not going viral. Everyone applauds and yeah. you walk out of there and you take, I like where your head's at. And, but like yesterday I'm playing catch. And by the way, this is far too much overthinking of this thing. We're playing catch, my buddy and I yesterday. <laughs> And, like, you know, when you're getting in a good rhythm and you're going, like, three quarters and you're just, you know, you're winging it, like, it's the easiest thing. You're on autopilot, right? But yep, then when yep. he decides to get down, crouch, be the catcher, and then you're like, all right, now I'm throwing downhill. Now you got to hit a target. Now you're mm-hmm. thinking about it. And, like, there's a reason I haven't played baseball since high school, you know? Yeah. 
I think you're going to be great. I yeah. think you get the right mind frame for it. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty special. Hey, bud, speaking of, this is going to be a pretty special by the time we get back to work and I don't know if I'll we'll have time to talk to you and tell this, but uh, this team going to the Greenbrier obviously, so there there will be something special about that. And then when it gets back, it's it's Hoff week. It's Joe Thomas. It's the Hoff going in and getting his actual gold jacket. Uh, you've worked with Joe a lot, know him well. Uh, in one of the one of the greatest the Dr. Evil uh, photo, yes. one of the great photos of all time. That's, that's going to be in his real yeah. For it's sure, be it's going to be in the real. For sure. How do you, have you, have you wrapped your head around what that, you know Joe well like we do, what that, that week's going to be like for him and for all of us that know him and love him? Uh, uh, I am so happy for him because, I, honestly, not only is Joe one of my favorite people, they're like one of my favorite families. Like, Andy is one of the coolest people yep. of all time as well. So, um, I, I am so happy for all of them. Um, uh, I, I don't – I've been very fortunate to go to a whole bunch of these things, and I know for me as a fan – I pinch myself every time I'm there. I cannot fathom what it would be like to actually stand up there and and say, this is my football life. And the coolest thing for me going to the hall is to see these great men and these great athletes welcome everyone back in that helped them on this journey. Every peewee coach and every teacher and every high school coach and mom and dad who, who, who drove you to practice every day um, and, and just the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the nieces and the nephews, the family part of it and the culmination and the celebration of all that work, um, honestly, it gets me every time. And I, I am so happy that a guy like Joe who's deserves this is getting that moment uh, he deserves to be a first ballot there is an extra special honor to being a first ballot hall of famer yep. um and the fact that this guy uh, is going in as the first guy since the rebirth in 99 um means that much more and he deserves it do you miss that thursday night show as much as we do uh, I do. I actually do. It, it kind of not not to uh, not to not to get too much into work, but yeah, it did it did kind of suck to not be on the road last year. Uh, we had a lot of fun. You know, they they had a lot of fun doing that show in the studio last year as well. So uh, it's not the same as being in the building. They still did a great show, Colleen and everyone, and Steve and Joe, and uh, they did a great job in the studio. But it is Nathan, as you guys both know, uh, it is fun to be out there on the road. Everywhere. Oh, man, you guys had – I felt like it was lightning in a bottle. It was, in my opinion, it was the inside the NBA of of NFL coverage, basically. That show was the most fun. So, obviously, Mini-Me was one. What was your – what's your favorite thing that you did with Joe outside of Mini-Me? Because you guys would be together often outside the building. Yeah, the Mini-Me thing was fun. Um, I would say the, the, indie, the indie thing we did, you, you've seen, like, the hot wing or the hot things, or, you know, the, uh-huh, the interview uh-huh. show with the, with the hot wing. Uh, we were in Indianapolis, and we did the St. Elmo's cocktail sauce, and we did uh, the this. shrimp cocktail with the three different levels of St. Elmo's sauce. Now, in reality, there is only one level. It's in one That's bottle, right. and you guys have been there, um, and it's yes. great stuff. It clears the sinuses out. It's awesome. It's no like doubt. gasoline. But they made two other ones where they actually added extra horseradish for us, and um, Joe was sweating through his bald skull and it was fantastic <laughs> i mean granted i was I remember well this. well um but I joe really played yep. it up for the camera and that that was fun 
That was fun. By the way, we almost lost Bo Bishop at St. Yeah, Louis. I almost died. It was. It almost got me. They, there was a big chunk, buddy. A big chunk went in, and I went. I had had it a lot, so I was prepared. You're I knew ready. what I was having. It yep. didn't. It's never bothered me before, but I got a big chunk, and it felt like an atom bomb went off behind in the middle of my it's brain. So it was just. It's okay. Oh, oh, almost <laughs> took me out. I, I have some of it at home. Um, I, I, me too. I almost everything at home. The Same. the other fun one was. I mean, let's tip the cap to the Browns here. Um, the uh, the Dearness Johnson uh, game here yeah. against who was it? The Broncos Denver. a couple of years yep. ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Just because it was here, and just because it was fun, and just because uh, you know Case Keenum and Dad Bod and Dearness Johnson eked out a win. Yes, that was great, and that was the. I when I was doing kind of like the pregame hype, we had Joe down there, and I gave it to him, and he screamed at the top of his lungs, "Let's stomp those ponies!" <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was just was all good. time. The Hoff. Love oh it. wait a minute, no, I hold on. In 2019, Nathan, I interviewed um, Swagger. I'm sure that was an the illuminating dog, or the guy it, running it, around. Yeah, no, the actual I, dog. I interviewed the dog. Fantastic. May he R.I.P. R.I.P. Swagger. Swagger 1. Yeah. Not Swagger 1. Not Swagger, yeah, not Swagger Jr. Swagger 2. Yeah. Swagger 2. I don't there remember if this was for the first Swagger 1. Yes. was 2019, so which one would have been 2019? 2019 would have been the original. The original. That's the OG. Yeah. yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Well, I, there I will Shiki, always baby. have the moment with with the OG. He was great. What do you think he, of the dog I mean, logos? You, you like either? You like one of those better than the other? The last two? I got, I got to see him to remember which one I like. But I think I like the one on the right better. Okay. The one's a little darker. Yeah. Didn't, re- didn't really have eyes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a strong look. They're yeah. both strong. Is that, is, is that one going to win? We don't know. We don't the know. Voting ends today, allegedly. Oh, it's come right. on. You know. You know. <laughs> come we on. do we not know. We have no we scores on this. Yeah, really? we don't have scores. Because they're doing renovations, so we're in an undisclosed location. Yeah, off-site no oh. idea so we're not we're, you don't get those normal office interactions because they're renovating the second floor so everybody that would it be in the know of that is is elsewhere yeah i know that it's a tight race so if you actually are listening right now and you do care about one logo versus the other now's the time now is the time to vote is there is there gonna be a big reveal oh yeah i'm sure do you know that oh yeah big okay. reveal i don't know I, i'm sure it'll be stupendous yeah i would think so for yeah. sure gargantuan Hey, man, do you ever pitch yourself with all this? As a kid growing up a Cleveland sports fan, you're throwing out a pitch at uh, it was, you know, yeah. a team that you rooted for, an Indians game. I mean, you've done all this stuff with us, with yeah, Joe. Totally. I mean, you're interviewing the dog. Like, you ever like, holy hell, man, like, I, I'm crushing this. Yeah. Every, every, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm crushing, but every single time, yes. I, like, truly, absolutely. Like, the, um, I graduated high school um, with uh, an Indians jersey on under my gown. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, awesome. I pinch myself and, uh, hey, I, I don't miss an Indians game or a Guardians game. I didn't miss either. I like I have them wherever I am. They're on, period. So yeah. I am a fan first and foremost. And, yeah, the ability to be there. Um, yes, the ability to just stand there and watch practice, hang with you guys. Um, even, even, you know, talking to Bernie today, for example. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Talked to Bertie a thousand times, but he's, he's still the guy that, you know, posters on my wall as a kid. So, Yeah. Are you going to bring hats for bats, taking a page out of Pedro's playbook to try to wake, no, these, like wake these bats up, keep the bats warm? Uh, no, no hats. No hats for bats. But I was watching my buddy <laughs> I play catch with yesterday. He's a big Reds fan. 
And we did have oh, the boy. split oh, for, man. Classe, for Classe in the ninth and Will Benson's walk-off last night of all people. So, you know, what could have been? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Hey, real quick, um, you have to get one, and you may actually own one of these. What is the correct major league from the movie? If you're to own one jersey from a player in that game, what is the correct one to own? And I do think oh, it's Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. I think that's incorrect. That's incorrect. We're looking for Dorn. We're looking for no. Roger Dorn. <laughs> Roger Dorn. Wow, what? Oh, oh I love the Dorn jerseys. Wild. Unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. I saw someone it, with, and when it was Jacob Field and the Dorn, I died. <laughs> I go, that's the funniest thing. You see Mays Hayes. You see Wild. You see, you see Rick Vaughn. Vaughn. But Mike Serrano, even I have like a Vaughn. A guy in a a guy in a Dorn. I just, died. I what just do you stand died. for, sir? <laughs> I just, I mean, it's like a Brooke Jacoby jersey. <laughs> right. It's so great. <laughs> so specific. Hey, man, thanks for your time. Have fun uh, with it. We know that you will, and we always appreciate your time and seeing you here today. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen, it's been fun. We'll do it again soon. Uh, I'll, yes. Maybe I'll see you on Back Together Saturday. I like oh, it. Man, I like that. I, love I like that. it. I, I like where it. your head's at. Give them the heater. That would be a good one, too. Yeah. Get a Lou Brown. All right, guys. Lou Brown. All right, take care. Andrew Sicilian. I, hey, I got a guy that lied about a set of white walls. See you later. See? Yeah, there That's it is. what I'm saying, See? man. Iconic. NFL Network analyst calling in on the Twisted T hotline. The Dorn is right, unbelievable. We didn't even get a Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor be a nice jersey. Uh, he might a nice have been jersey. a stalker. Jake Taylor may have been a stalker. Well, he did show up in her apartment. He's showing up in her apartment? Like, just walks know. in? Like, come on. What was your event? In the bullpen car, two hundred, two hundred individual medleys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought he was. Uh, yeah. Now I'm a big Dorn guy. I think Dorn's where it's at. I love that man. Twenty four Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an incredible. That is pretty good. I, I do have a wild thing, Rick Vaughn. Yeah, that would be. That's the one that I think most, most would have. That and Willie Mays Hayes. I do see a Serrano every once in a while. Um, Dorn I've seen one outrageous. Dorn. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. He was sitting two rows in front of me. Uh, at the stadium, and I just wanted to hug the guy and just go. I just, I just think that's perfect. I'm going to give a reference that you don't even recognize, yeah. but Dorn's like the Tom Sandoval of Major League. I feel like he would have been involved in the big. And in fact, he was involved in a big scandal. He was, yeah, yeah, towards the end, back when television cameras were allowed in parties. Apparently, they were. Yeah, yeah, and you saw he was that undid a little bit and there. And then, well, the wild thing. Yeah, it happens. It's going and to they happen. Just handled it. They handled it old school. I'm going to punch they you. They did. And then we're. Good. I still think that movie's. Is other than other than Taylor being perhaps a stalker, I think everything else is perfect. Oh yeah, it's the perfect sports movie. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really has everything that you got. Want. All you want, it does. It's way better than that, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy sucks. Couldn't suck. Garbage. Anymore. We'll go around. I wouldn't the even league. watch that on a fake Friday. Same. Me either. We'll go around the league, among other things, coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Time to go around the league. Uh, this coming in in the last hour or so, the Vikings release running back Dalvin Cook. That will happen later this week. Um, they tried pretty desperately to find a trade for him. Uh, but they could not find one, and so he will be um, he will be released. And then uh, yeah, he's already been asked about. It. I saw uh, Mike McDaniel's already been asked about it in Miami. He had a funny couple of funny lines so about it. He wants to go to one of two places, is what I heard. Was okay. Miami? Yep. 
and Buffalo. Everybody wants to go to Buffalo. Well, for him, there are a multitude of reasons to go Brother's to Buffalo. there. His brother would be there mm-hmm. and be able to kind of take him under his wing. Obviously, they've been a Dalvin Cookie-type running back away from being yep. very scary on offense. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, the Vikings are going all into – rollover cap room for the following season when they're obviously going to try to – Quasi's going to try to, you know, go down to come back up. So is what it feels they'll like. They'll punt on Cousins after this year. and That's my guess. But you got Justin Jefferson. you got Jordan Addison now. You can flip it quick with the right quarterback. I mean, Cincinnati did. Hawkinson. Yeah. yeah. You can flip it quick. You just have to land the quarterback at the top. you got the, the right guy. Cousins is too good. That's the problem. For them to, they to need be... to trade him now or find a way to get out from under him now Yeah. to where that they could go to the bottom – and then you could pick one of those three quarterbacks in next year that are all going to be really good. Um, but if you don't do that, then you're it's really hard. And then you're going to have Justin Jefferson going like, what am I doing? I don't need to sign here. Right. I have no interest in being a part of this. Daniel Hunter apparently being uh, another guy who could be on the So board. they're going to get rid of their two guys who are double-digit sack edge rushers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was already a bad defense, despite the fact that they had a good defensive line. Yeah. It's hard. I mean – we saw it here with Sashi. It's hard to be the guy who oversees that to get through it. Agreed. And here's the other thing that would be just, you know, obviously if we were able to true serum Quasi. We've interviewed him before as the acting general manager. The we were the maybe, first, actually. Maybe we could bring him back on in the offseason and talk to him again and just get his thoughts. Because, look, the NFC isn't that good. No. So you do have a chance. If you get in the dance, anything can happen. And then in a yeah. one-game scenario, you've got – if they had their full complement of horse, say they kept Zedarius and Hunter, you know, you could have a game where they just wreck a game for, the sure. for you know, an offensive line or in a quarterback. And with Jefferson and Cousins, they could put up 30, no problem. Mm-hmm. They did it many times. Yeah. He obviously feels strongly that there's not a path for a Super Bowl contender there. And in a we talk about this much throughout a lot of the offseason. There is no middle class anymore. There, nobody wants nope. to be middle class. They don't want to be upper middle class. They don't want to win 10, 11 games, win a division, get in the playoffs, lose. They don't want to be basically what the Bengals were under Andy Dalton for the longest time. Right. To, or what the Vikings have been for right. a great many years of their the time that you and I have been following and paying attention to the NFL, which is not serious team. You're not a serious person. Not a serious team. And you're not a serious team, so yep. they don't want to be that. So if you're not that, you almost would rather go. You would rather go to the bottom and then try to build it back up. It's just hard for the general manager to survive all of that, and it's very difficult to land the quarterback. To land right, exactly. The, the timing has to work out. You have to be picking first in a draft that it's known. It's hard. It's really difficult. Go Agreed. look at Jameis and Mariota, and I mean, there's countless of these guys in in the recent years that were first, second picks, and flatlined yep bake i mean it's, it's hard it's really difficult did you guys see the uh jaguars plans for their stadium yes. we didn't talk about that yes did not. i sure did that is what you do yep that's what you do that's it that's the answer and anybody who's not doing that especially in buffalo chicago well, here you have to do that you do that that's what you do. That's the game changer. Yeah. That is events coming to our area. That is so money. Folks, if you haven't seen it, it's it's basically SoFi. It's what, I mean, it's their version of SoFi. Um, it is, you know, the huge uh, areas around the concourses, um, an ability to close the roof, an open air, which you can do in their climate. You could not do that here. Um, not as well anyway. Um, and, in fact, in the renderings, they show – 
them for Jaguars games. They show them for Florida, Georgia. They show them for the Gator Bowl, and they show them for the college football final. By the way, Jacksonville's already had a Super Bowl. I see no reason to believe yep. why they wouldn't get another one if they wanted yep. it. It opens you up. They wouldn't do WrestleMania, I wouldn't think, there because they're AEW, but maybe. Who knows? That um, would be a total thing that they would want to do. You think? Even though the In kid the owns AEW? Yeah. I, I don't know that it would be possible. I think it wouldn't be possible, but I'm saying that's something that the WWE would love to do that. No, I know, yeah. but I don't know that the cons would I don't would think do they that. would. Yeah. Are they the would cons owning it? Are they building it Kronky style? Yeah, they're building the Kronky style. Their own. Then, yeah. Then. Well, not entirely their own. There's. It seems like Con, Shad Khan's willing to spend a billion. Well, this is going to be and, north And it's going to be more like, well, what they're doing is, though, they're gutting the old stadium and they're building this around it. So, so yeah, it, it's 62,000-seat open-air stadium. But it's open-air in the way that L.A. is. Includes a shaded canopy the team says will reduce the heat factor by more than 70%. Um, lookout decks that offer views of the city, two pools. Got to keep the pools, yep. Um, the stadium can expand to seat 71,500. Um, it mentions hosting a Final Four. So then it's got a roof. Yep. It has to. It has but to. You can't have a Final Four. I don't see – I, I can't see anything on the It looked inside. to me like there was like a retractable – Entire cost of the project could be as much as two billion, uh, with the stadium improvements costing between one point three billion and one point four billion. Okay, so what I had read is that he was Khan was willing to shoulder the billion for the stadium improvements, and then the total cost of the project, the two point whatever, that's for the land around it for him to develop upon. Yeah, that's per a memorandum of understanding the city and Jags owner Shad yeah. Khan would split the cost of the entire project, including development around the stadium, which is great because they don't even open their tailgate lots till three hours before kick, which is just a joke. People don't realize how small that city is. Yeah. Yep. It's the biggest, I think, in the country in terms of area because it's basically all of Duval County, but it's the actual city is pretty small, like the downtown. Um. If the city yeah. and Jags agree on a two-year two-year stadium renovation plan, they got to play elsewhere. Yes, options include the University of Florida's Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, Orlando's Camping World Stadium. Other That's sites rough. mentioned include the nearby eleven thousand seat baseball stadium that houses the AAA affiliate of the Marlins. Yeah, that's not possible. No. But Lamping said it would cost $125 million to add 20,000 seats to either to, to the facility to get them NFL ready. So it would be like a 30,000-seat stadium like we played in Carson, L.A. Carson. Or yeah. they can do it over four years, which adds an, about $200 million to the project, Here, and they would, could play all their games at home if they renovated over four years. Uh, in the offseason? This is what I would say, though. If I'm the city of Jacksonville, I'm all for it, but you're going to stop giving up home games to go play in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm happy to help you. Yeah. But we're not going to take away home games so you can go play overseas. We're not doing this then. It's a lovely – like, Jacksonville Beach is really nice. 45 Ponte, minutes away. Ponte Vedra is really nice. But yeah. That is not Jacksonville. It is no. not. And it is pretty hard to wrap your head around in the mid-'90s that they were like, let's go here. Let's do this. I mean, it's a strange – thing in retrospect that was done especially with the cities that did not have teams at the time that they would do so that they would put it there is pretty wild they obviously wanted to go south 
pick Carolina and Jacksonville, you know, to go to that part of the country because it was just the Falcons representing that whole South. But um, I think what their hope was that Jacksonville would somehow pull Orlando. It just was they never just going to in Orlando. They were never going to. Well, they the, the thing there was Tampa blocked that because Tampa didn't. They didn't enough. want any part of it. Yeah. You know, they didn't want it there. Um, so they don't really have. I mean, he could easily do all of this in London if he wanted to, or he could do it somewhere else. Like, yep. you know, he's chosen to do it there. I think they'll acquiesce to everything he wants. I think it's a game changer for the city. Yep. They'll have, they'll be able to have. I mean, the thing that would honestly matter most to that city, I would bet, more than a Super Bowl, is a college football playoff final. That's what they would want to be in. Yeah, oh, yeah. That is a college football town at heart. Can, oh, can yeah. you do the SEC championship there? Sure. I mean, you have to get it out of Atlanta, but you could. Yeah. I mean, you'd be. You're talking about what matters most there. When I was down there, was Florida State, Florida, and Georgia. That's what ran that town. It was an SEC town. Uh, it was not at that point. And that was coming off of Brunel and Fred Taylor and Baselli. Like, it was Keenan that McCardle, era. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, they had, they had a lot of dudes. Yeah. And they were was, very good. But it wasn't, very quickly. it wasn't ever, like, anything close to going to, like, Florida, Georgia. Yeah. Well, Rich, Rich LeCount never lost in that stadium. Or when never he had lost. Those, those two picks. Yeah. Well, when I was there, Georgia never won. Florida beat them over and over and over in that thing. But it is what you ought to do. Speaking of that, those Florida, of, of those teams, <clears throat> I think it's August the 23rd. The documentary is coming out about those teams. It's so really here's what I would say about that. It's really 2007. It has everything. The reality around that time in Florida history has everything that you would want in sports documentary if they tell the real truth, Bootsy. If they tell the real <laughs> truth and they tell the stories, the fact that Aaron Hernandez, that Urban Meyer put Aaron Hernandez with Tim Tebow as a roommate, if those stories are told, then it's got a potential to be one of the greatest sports uh, stocks of all time. Yep. If it's sports washing Urban's legacy at Florida, then I, I'm not interested. I don't need that. Sports washing. Love it. Like that? That's a, that's a uh, term on the rise. It is. Speaking of a little – that's what it would be. If that ha if they do that, then it's just – if he if it's that – from that point of reference, no the, thanks. The, did you watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary? No, I didn't. I did. And they were pretty – the Florida part was very interesting. All the trouble he got into, all the things that were going on around him. I don't know if they mentioned the Tebow thing. That didn't strike me as something that I remembered. But just that document was wild. Yeah. But even the Florida portion of it was wild. It was you wild. felt like, how did this guy ever get drafted? He's a hell of a football player. That's the answer. Yeah. Uh, a, a little more college football news media-wise okay. from Andrew Marchand. Uh, Reggie Bush expected to be out at Fox over a contract dispute. Uh, Mark Ingram close to signing with Fox to replace him on Big Noon and retiring from the National Football League. Uh, Marchand also reporting. Uh, Why would they hire Ingram, who played at Alabama, to do lead-in for Ohio State-Iowa football? At the, Fox has looked into alternatives, including ESPN's Desmond Howard and RG3, but never made a formal offer to either. They just don't want to spend. The big problem with their coverage is they act like the they act like them. Their first time seeing like a whiteout at Penn State is the first time anybody's seen a whiteout at Penn State, because none of them are Big Ten people, so they don't understand the tradition of the. They have no yeah. idea. Like every time they see. You know, dotting the I, they're like explaining it. No, we know what dotting the I is. We're Ohio State football fans. We're watching them play Michigan, sure, for God's sake. Sure, sure, sure. We don't need a description. 
Yeah. So he's saying it, it's, it is not official yet, but all signs are pointing that that is going to indeed be the case. As long as Urban's on that show and say whatever you want about him, about everything else, he's really good at that. It, he, as long as yeah. he's there, it doesn't matter. The rest of them, the rest of them can come and go. It's Leinert, Brady, and Reggie. But as long as Urban's there, they got a shot. But it'll never be game day. There's no Mark Ingram's not moving the needle on them being beating game. No, day. Oh. no, not in any way. In fact, so. it's like it's a weird hire to hire an Alabama guy to do what is going to amount to pregame of Big Ten football games. I, I Who I'm, I'm a little confused. Like, yeah. why not go after Desmond? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, but there's plenty of former Buckeyes that are doing those jobs. <laughs> right in your backyard you can pick yeah, from. Yeah, there's all sorts of guys that would be good. Who would be – yeah, who would you say if you were going to get the best person you think could, that could be a Big Ten pregame for Fox, who would be? Who would that be? Mm. You know who would bring – who wouldn't be afraid to play the heel and wouldn't be afraid to, like, go at Urban and wouldn't – you can't go too Buckeye heavy, though, would be the only reason I would hesitate on this. Um, Bobby Carpenter would be damn good at it because he would he would play a role. He'd be willing to play a role. And that's something that they their guy, they take themselves way too seriously on that show, and Bob would be willing to do that. Where's Chucky Wood? Well, he doesn't want to do the work like that. Like He doesn't want to do that work. He doesn't want to do it. No. I mean, he's got the winery. And- he would be the best, though. Yeah, like him and you need a you need an Ohio State guy, and you need a Michigan guy. They currently have none. I mean, if Urban's there, they have a sort of an Ohio State guy, yeah. but like they don't have any of those. I mean, they have two USC guys and a Notre Dame guy doing Big Ten pregame. I wonder. I wonder if they'd ever if they'd force Brady to do just like a little something with that. I could see him doing something for like the Ohio State Michigan game, like yeah. doing doing a pop in, yeah, on something like that. But yeah, you got to have those are the teams. That draw the whole thing. By the way, pretty big hint that um, there will be more expansion in the Big Ten. Gene Smith doubled down, the athletic director of Ohio State. They're playing one time at 730 in November. They're doing it this year, and that's it. If that's going to continue to be the case, then they have got to add more teams out west or in warmer climate because all the rest of the Big Ten feels that way as well, and you can't just rely on home games with USC and UCLA for four dates every single November. So they're going to have to add more teams. So you're saying Ohio State only wants to play one night game? They're only going to do it once. They're doing it this year against Michigan State as a bailout, but they're not doing it again. Why don't they want to play primetime? Because the SEC TV is too big? No, no, no. It's just tradition and too cold. I just think they don't want night games in the Big Ten in November. The Big Ten's never played night games in November until television came into play. And then they forced them to, but it's usually at Rutgers, at Maryland, at Illinois, those type of games. Like the big boys don't do it. Michigan doesn't do it. Ohio State doesn't do it. So now they'll do 430 kicks at UCLA, USC, and that's why you need Stanford and Cal. If you take Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington. Arizona. They're going Big 12. Uh, I don't know what's going on outside, but the sky is changing colors. (laughs) Is it going to rain or is it smoke? I'm pretty sure it's smoke. All right, very good. Colors to what? I don't. The apocalypse. It is. UFOs. It's not yellow, though, right? Might be UFOs. It's not great. It's not green. No, no, no. Green is bad things. We're well. You're the weather guy. That's what I'm asking you. Are no, you no, no, concerned no, 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 no. or are you just observing? No, 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 no. I, it it's starting to look a little like I don't want. It's not like anything like New York, but it is a weird sky that's Great. blowing Fantastic. in here. Fantastic. Great news. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. T-T-I-F. Final hour. Final hour. Of the program up next. Show us to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back here to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And now we head to the podium and Chad O'Shea. Elijah, just the versatility and the way you can kind of flexibility you have with them. Have you had, I mean, is there a, a comp to somebody you've, you've worked with in the past with what you can do with them? Yeah, Elijah's very unique in that he can play in a, a multiple role position. Uh, he has a great skill set physically, but the thing that's been most impressive about Elijah is his ability to function mentally across all the spots we've put him. We've asked a lot of him. We put a lot of responsibility on him, not only physically and putting him in different spots, but mentally he's been able to handle that. So uh, he increases his value for us if he increases his role, and he's certainly played in a multiple role position for us. Chad, Chad getting Cedric in this room and his size, like what have you seen from him early on? Yeah, Cedric, the first thing I'll say is, is the person he's uh, He's been great to work with. He's been very coachable. He's worked extremely hard. Uh, but it's great to have a, a player of his size. Um, and we've just been so impressed with the way he's carried uh, you know, himself as a professional. He's really accepted uh, the mentorship of some of our veteran players and, and listened closely to what they've said. And I think that's helped him greatly in the process. Uh, but he's improved every day, and he's worked extremely hard. Yeah, we had the Pam Carey himself as a professional. Like, can you just tell he's a guy who's a former like NFL player's kid, and, and just having that? Yeah, I do. You know, I've I've had the opportunity to be around his parents, and it's it's evident and very clear to me on why he is the person he is. He has outstanding parents, and I, I really have enjoyed my time being around them. And uh, he's just a, a quality person that brings a lot to us as, as a player, but he brings a lot to us as a person also. How do you, um, you got so many guys out there who want that ball, and especially now if you get DeAndre Hopkins, how, how do you um, keep everybody happy? How's that part of your job go? Yeah, it, it, it's easy to keep everybody happy on the Cleveland Browns in our receiver room because they are very unselfish. We have a, an unselfish group that puts the team first in everything they do. And as we talked about, competition brings out the best in us. And competition is an advantage that we have if we use it that way to be better. And they've, they've really embraced the competition. Uh, we've had a, a great uh, work so far this spring. They've worked hard, but the competition really brings out the best in all of us. Chad, I think I asked you during training camp to describe the personality of this receiver because you're going from OBJ, right. Jarvis, you said they're more quiet, you know, not so much as outspoken, but you have some new characters like Elijah and Marquise. How would you describe the room? Yeah, I, I think the, the room I would still describe is very business-like, very professional, and that's not a bad thing. They, they don't say much of anything, but they come out here and they really do try to do what's asked of them. So that's been the joy for me in coaching this group is that they truly, they listen to what you say, they're very coachable, and there's not a lot said in the meetings. You know, we've brought some different personalities and some different players to our team, which I think is always great as you move forward. Um, but they've been outstanding in the meeting room. They're very all professional. Coach, um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Kind of also, when you look at Marquise Goodwin's team, I mean, how much do you just see that potential for this group? Marquise is somebody I've been so impressed with because uh, as he is an older, veteran wide receiver, he can still really run. And that's been so impressive. And that's 
really uh, a testimony to what he's done with his body and his preparation that he's taken, you know, uh, and been very consistent in that area over the years. But it's been so impressive to see him run and be able to threaten the defense uh, with his vertical speed. Coach, there was that period last year when Deshaun played that there was that kind of feeling of what's he doing? Is he going to throw it? Is he going to run? And that translates to right. the receivers. Do you have to work on that? Absolutely, and it's, it's a great point you bring up, and it's something that we've worked really hard on this spring is – you know, there's the, the play that's called in the huddle, and then there's that, that second play where the play extends, and you're really into a scramble mode. And we've worked really hard on the fundamentals of that. Uh, we've had some execution on the field that has been very positive. And I think it's, a, it's a, uh, a learning process, and it's something that you need to learn how to do when you have a player with the skill set of Deshaun that's able to have the ability to extend plays and do it so well that we need to be fundamentally sound in that area also. And I think there's some teaching involved in that. We've definitely invested time and the players have embraced that. And it's been good to see them put that into action and be able to, you know, keep up with Deshaun when he takes off and scrambles. But over time too, it just... Yeah, it, it's definitely something that is, it doesn't happen, uh, you know, just overnight. It really is something you need, we need to work on, and it's something that we've emphasized this spring. I have another Marquise question for you. Not he's played nine seasons, but he only has 18 touchdowns. Now, you think a guy with that much speed would have more than that? Why do you say yeah, I, I think I think Marquise has done a, an outstanding job in his career of playing whatever role that he's asked of him. You know, he's been in different roles throughout his career, and I think the best part of that is. You know, he might have he might have not been a starting receiver at all points in his career, but he's played so well within his role. So I know that when he has the opportunity to make plays this spring, he has made those, and that's been that's been great to, to see. So I'm I'm excited about him and whatever role we have for him, and it's certainly he's going to create his own role. If he keeps catching the ball behind the defense, then he's going to have a role for this team. But are you surprised that he doesn't have more? Uh, you know, I, I don't even look at this, the past stats. I just kind of look at where he is for us right now, and I see a player that can contribute to our offense. And, and we is a unique skill set, can really run and catch the ball, so we're excited about him. Yeah, I think uh, Elijah's unique in his skill set. He has uh, great athleticism, both short area athleticism and his ability to, to run and have great speed. And the thing that I've been most impressed with with him physically is his ability to catch the ball. He has exceptional ball skills and very strong hands. So as well as Deshaun throws the ball and as well as Deshaun throws the ball down the field, he's Elijah's able to track the ball at all levels of the, of the offense. He can track the ball in that short area and take a ball and catch and run. He can get behind the defense and track the deep ball very well. And especially at his size, being a smaller receiver, he's, he really plays big, in my opinion. He's, he's got exceptional ball skills. So it fits, fits really well with our quarterback. And with, you know, not giving away some of the things that we've been seeing, you guys can do some really cool and creative things with him. Yeah, Elijah's been been great because his skill set, both mentally and from a physical standpoint, has allowed us to do a lot of different things with him. It's been really a fun guy to coach and to scheme for because of his ability to play in a lot of different positions. And then uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Amari. He seems, you know, lighter, happier. I think that, you know, the core muscle thing was probably weighing on him a lot last right. year. He just seems like 
he's kind of in his groove and he's himself again. I think that last year looking at Amari was like a tale of two seasons. When you saw him physically at the front end of the season, it was obviously different at the end because he was dealing with an injury. And we, we have a lot of respect, and I know I have a lot of admiration for what he played through at the end of the season because he played and he was injured, and, and that, that means a lot, and he cares about the team. But he goes and has the surgery. I think he feels, he feels great. It's good to see him back on, on the grass and good to see him in really good spirits and confident about where he is physically. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like this offseason you guys have maybe even increased that a little bit more. From your perspective, what does that look like and how beneficial have these additions been to the roster and to what the offense can be? It's been great to add the, the pieces that we have at receiver. I mean, they have been so impressive this spring. Uh, you know, and their ability to work with each other has been great. So they're they're really coming in as accomplished players. You know, Elijah's uh, done a great job of coming in, learning the offense. Marquise, great job of coming in, learning the offense. But they have a skill set that's very unique, both of them. They can run, they can get open, they can catch the ball. So it's been a lot of fun to see them kind of integrate with our other players and, and see them just kind of fit right in. I wanted to ask you about Marquise because he also talked about the chemistry, the kind of the personalities. Yeah. The different guys have different personalities. Marquise seems like that guy. He's out there, he's chippy. Yeah, I, I would say right now he's he's definitely uh, said more than our other guys altogether, you know, which is fine. I mean. My, my philosophy on that is as long as they come out here and do their job uh, and, and, you know, do what's best for the team and, and uh, you know, we want them to have fun. We want them to have some energy. We, we like that. Uh, and it's been good for our group because we do have a quiet group personality-wise. Do you see that on the other side of the ball that you're on, they're chipping at the defense and they're getting each other fired yeah. up. Yeah. Is that something that you guys talk about as coaches? Like, get, these guys are getting each other fired up. We're aware of it. You know, we, we describe it as energy. And, and a lot of times it's very positive energy. And I think the main thing, as long as it doesn't take away from their job, is what's most important. And it certainly hasn't. They've been very professional and are able to have fun at the same time. You have no idea what's going to happen by the time you get to next season. But for now, on June 8th, it is pretty remarkable what Andrew Barry was able to do this offseason to that room. Yeah. Transformed and, it. And it was, it was priority I think clearly number one. Use your second round pick on it. You got a third back. You use that first pick on the wide receiver room. You brought in the speedy veteran Marquise Goodwin, uh, and and you know I think ultimately that's going to look like because it was remember there's a lot of talk about McCole Hardman. Yeah, McCole Hardman I think would have been a great addition to our team, but I think you're going to get a lot of what you would have gotten out of Hardman from Goodwin for significantly cheaper, and. Hardman going to the Jets, I think, made it a lot easier for you to get Elijah Moore. Right. Well, you said that when that happened. I remember you bringing that up about watch out for Elijah Moore. You knew that they liked him, and it, it that was very prescient of you to that be worked. able to be on that. That worked, yeah. 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 So you feel that feels like a really dynamic room in the early parts of June, and it feels like there's a lot of, of diversity and weapons there. It is, and I can tell you from talking to our DBs. Yeah. It is a noticeable difference in the quality of the arsenal that we are that we're trotting out there right now, from like top to bottom. I mean, yeah. I'd say in the past we didn't have good receivers. We did. Odell oh, yeah. was excellent. Odell and Jarvis, Jarvis, when they were both healthy, were sensational. Yes. Yeah. This is now. It's like a wave. It's waves. Amari, Donovan, DPJ has become a legit dude. It's only because of where he was drafted, I think, that he, if Donovan Peoples Jones had gone to Ohio State. Yeah. He would have been a first or high second round pick, and he would be viewed entirely differently by the public at large. 
And he would have come you to the to, league with more opportunity. He'd be that's getting. That's where I was going. Yes. You would have gotten at bats right away. Yep. But because he was a sixth, because he felt. This was the number one receiver in the country coming out of high school. Like, he is a dude. And how about the fact in that every it was like, way. The first time he did any meaningful. I mean, the block we noticed right away, that game in Dallas. Dallas. But then in Cincinnati, I mean, those catches he makes as a rookie, like, he's always been a gamer. Like, I don't know why people think that he's. You see, it's odd. We got we got to up. No, no, you don't need to. He's good. He's a dude. Give a trivia. Who completed the first? Who threw the first pass Donovan Peoples Jones ever caught in the NFL? Baker Mayfield. It's Jarvis, wasn't it? Yes, Jarvis. It was Jarvis against yeah. Cincinnati. Those right. were his first catches. <laughs> Jarvis, I, I do love. I love Jarvis. Oh my God, I love him. So great. great. Yeah. Uh, all right, what do we got? What do we got? Peepaw Gibby, what do we got coming We're up here? We're working on it. Peepaw looks like he's taking a nap over there, and he just chimes in with a wrong answer and then goes right back to right napping. Back to work. Yeah, right back to his, <laughs> he's got his work I'm going trying on. to. I can confirm, by I'm the way. I'm trying to add more to your plate here for 3 o'clock. Gibby was, was terrified about the, the, sm- the situation in terms of the sky. That is for sure smoke. It, it I've is, seen that It look. is turning yellow. Yeah, that's the, the, sky that's, that's the smoke look. You guys are worried about smoke. You, do you read that? You read that thing I sent you about the UFOs? Yeah, I'm not hard of reading. Okay, yeah. and what'd you come? <sighs> Did you see the one that looks like it just crashed in Vegas? I know, I know. and they got the footage of it. I know. I oh, don't baby. know. I don't know what to do with this. What are we gonna do with this? Hope, hope they come in peace. It feels like every three or four or years, it's we, been a good like, run. This stuff not. pops up, and then, but I don't know. This does feel like there's more smoke to this. Let's yeah. hope they come in peace. Yeah, whatever. Be our buddies. We have things to give them. I'll go hang out with him. I he bet. would be Randy Quaid and into a hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. We fly right into it. There's no doubt you'd be doing that. Yep. There's Let's zero zero go. doubt in that. Um, all right, we'll go around the sports world. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Uh, did you watch any of the hoops last night? Yeah, for a few seconds. And my question to you is this. I'll answer it. And I realize he's got, what, now back-to-back MVPs? He won. He did win back-to-back. He didn't win this year. This year MB he lost won. the MVP yeah. one. Yeah. I don't, think, I, I don't think Jen Pub, he gets the due that he deserves. Like, NBA people do. Like people who watch all the time, but no, I mean he's the he's usually the last pick in the All Star game, even amongst his peers. He's usually the second to or last or second to last pick in the All Star game. Um, yeah, it's a it's strange. He's so dominant. He should be like not obviously on the level of Jordan or LeBron, but he should be. I feel like a much more of a household name and people having an understanding of his game than they do. The guy just went I think out it's there, Denver, a thirty twenty ten. Yeah. And he does stuff like that on the reg. Yeah, he's pretty a consistent. unicorn. Yeah, yeah, he's um so skilled. I think it's Denver. A lot of their games at ten o'clock. Okay. Um, and I think you know, yeah, the other thing you got to remember about them is they. This is really the first year that they've had Jamal Murray back, and he's a star. Yeah, and he, went he had a triple double last night 34, too. Four, ten, and ten. Yeah. Yeah. So 
now that they have Murray back, now they're like that complete team. The crazy thing about them is they're not going anywhere. Like their length with Porter and Gordon and Braun, the kid, the rookie out of Kansas, was Brown was great last night. Yeah, um, So they've got – they are going to be in the mix for a while. And with their length and with Murray becoming back to what he was in the bubble, which is a star, then it's hard to imagine them not having this perch for three to four years. They're really – very sustainable. Yeah, and Caldwell Pope's a solid. Mm-hmm. They'll always defender. get guys like that. Yeah, yeah, just get that lengthy, ling, you know, yeah. lanky defender. It's amazing that the Heat won Game Two. Uh, again, I feel like if they had maybe because the Nuggets could have closed that game out, he basically played a per- flawless fourth quarter. Yeah, come back from down eight to win that game. It, it, the Nuggets are the better team. But I just think Jokic feels like it's going five, and, and it almost feels like. Where we are right now with sports, and it's great for you know us because we mm-hmm. deal with the Browns and you deal with the Browns and then the Buckeyes college mm-hmm. football. That like many camps are a bigger deal, and Dalvin Cook getting released is a bigger deal than the fact that Jokic just dropped triple double in the game three of the NBA Finals. <sighs> Some of it is a product probably of our circumstances, um, but I will. I, I always do the kid test. Like, what are my are my kids into it? So. Last night, I said to NBC, I said, you want to watch some of the finals? He's like, I'm just not interested in this. And he watched all of it leading up to it. Um, but he d- has not had much interest in these finals. And I don't know why, because we watched all of the playoffs leading up to it. Obviously, you have a vested interest in the Cavs, and he's like the Lakers because I grew up a Lakers fan. So there's a little bit of that. But then once that died out. I just... feel like once the first and second round of the playoffs wrapped, it hasn't been great. Like the conference championship like Miami, like the Celtics Miami, making it interesting. Yeah. yeah, but like for the first three games, they were four bad games, games, it was they were and awful. Game seven was a bad game, yeah. and then the Nuggets swept the Lakers. Did the Lakers get one, or did no, they sweep? I they them? No, I think they swept them. The games were all competitive, though. They were all competitive down to the last. Yeah, but like after minutes, that second yeah. round, when it was. Lakers, well, you Golden had Lakers, State. Warriors. Like, yeah. you but, like, even the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Like, you had you some had really good Sixers. matches. Yeah. You had yeah. good stuff. Like, I just don't think the quality has been there. Yeah. And I think also, like, Miami, Miami has – they're knocking their head up against the ceiling. They can't – they don't have anything else they can do. They've thrown everything at him. Barring an injury to Jokic or Murray, there's really no path for them to – get back in the series and win more games. They had no. they played the perfect game and made the perfect adjustments in game two. They threw everything at them yesterday in the third. Like, they were pressing them. They played zone. Every time they got into something, Denver just ping, ping, ping out of it. And it's like, well, we can't do this. So there's no real move, I don't think. He's just it's, for them. He's good. Really good. It feels to me, and maybe this is, you could tell me if this is off or this is my age, which we share, we're in the similar ballpark. Sure. It feels to me that if Jokic was doing what he's doing now, and he was doing this in the 80s and 90s, it would, he would be a much bigger deal. As I'm talking household name. I'm talking not in NBA yeah. circles. I'm talking just in public circles. He's, I guess, probably the most similar apples to apples for him from a previous generation is probably Davitsky, uh, because Davitsky had that feel like and Davitsky Dirk was, was a big deal. He was, uh, but it really wasn't until he won that championship that he really elevated, and and it was like, oh, he's unbelievable. This is a seven footer who can get a shot off from anywhere, like one of the best shooters of all time. Like that didn't happen until he won it. So I think this is what I think this has all been. This whole 
playoffs has been a coronation of Jokic of for the casual fan to be like, oh, this is what the two MVPs are about. Am I wrong to say that if he does what he's doing, let's call it for another two years, where he's yeah. a legit five straight year MVP candidate, his size, wins a championship, maybe wins another. Like, is he a guy who's, because of what he is able to do, is he putting himself on the greatest basketball team ever assembled? So he'd have to, like, nudge out Duncan. That's exactly who I had in my mind. You know, that's like what you're talking about. You're talking about, like, Tim Duncan is is where you'd have, you have to push Duncan out of the way. So Duncan won five titles with the Spurs, three MVPs. Um, so the one thing that the Jokic – in today's – in Today, yeah, is Jokic more dangerous because of his floor complete using every inch of the floor skill set than Duncan? And Duncan, I amazing. can't, I can't, I reject trying to compare generations in that sport. Yeah, because I it's just hard. think it's impossible. Because you can't take, you cannot take. I mean, Jokic is a center. Okay, can you imagine if he had to body Shaquille O'Neal? Or if he played in the 90s and it was David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Arvita Sabonis, all those big, powerful, offensive, low post. If he had to do that, that, that what does that look like? Play. That allowed physical play. That encouraged Shaq physical play. cover him. Shaq's not running around with him. Young Shaq, sure. But like, no, but I mean, he could go out there and Shaq. get an arm out. Like, I just, you, you can't really compare it's so hard. it at all. Um, I'll tell you what it is, is, I mean, what's happened is, European, uh, European-influenced basketball is being taught at a superior level than American-influenced basketball is being taught. American-influenced basketball is being taught primarily at the AAU level. It's being primarily taught via the use of one-on-one isolation. An isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're seeing is in Europe in European basketball, you are seeing movement. You're seeing skill development in terms of shooting. I mean. Those things are not being taught to American basketball players anymore. They're not. They haven't been for a long time. So, like, I mean, just do this. Like, try to try to name, like, who you think could be the next American face of the league. I'll wait. It's going to take you a while. Oof. Because it's right now, it's Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, all foreign. The answer is if Wembenyama, if Tatum gets it together, he's got to go. Well, yeah, no doubt, he's got to go. Yeah, if Donovan Mitchell were twenty-two, Maybe. you know, but he's twenty-seven. Yeah, like you know, because it was Steph and it was LeBron. Tatum's, but, but there's not a there's not a guy there waiting. Like Tatum's not going to be Kobe. He's a nice player, but he's not going to be Kobe. He's more like McGrady. And he's got to be able to prove that he can have yeah. some playoff toughness. Yeah. You got to chutzpah. Stack those things. Like it's hard to find who that would be. Yeah. I think what's interesting is, and this is again, I'm very casual in it, but the guys that have come out super hyped out of college have not materialized in the NBA. And I'll just give you a few names that popped to my mind. Zion, obviously. Yeah. Was ready made mega star yep. nothing. He's and he's got his own issues now. Yeah, like Jabari Parker. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll even go back and the guy stayed in the league for a long time. But I don't want to say he's Marvin Williams. Yeah, the kid out of North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He stayed in the league for a long time, but was never well. 
There are a lot of guys who are yeah. just not. What happens is, is like you are picking. So what makes a kid a five-star prospect out of coming out of high school? There's a great example of this. Chris Livingston was a kid. He's an Akron kid. I think he played a year at Western Reserve and maybe a year at Bucktel and then maybe ended up at Oak Hill. And then he was a he was a five star kid. He ended up at Kentucky. Played last year at Kentucky. Didn't was kind of a bit player at Kentucky. Was a six man. Sometimes started. Good player, um, but was no, by no means dominant. Well, he declared for the NBA draft. It's like the 59th player or 50 somewhere between 45 and 55 in terms of rank. He's going to be a second round pick. He declared for the draft. Why? Because yeah, he didn't I come know. here to play school, right? So he's going to he wants to he'll play G League. He'll do whatever, but. That's going to be his path. He wants to be a professional basketball player. So how do you, as a team, project what he will be? Like He's really raw. He's got the physical tools that you like. But it's trying to project what he's going to be at 24 is so brutal. So like that's when you see like a Marvin Williams, like the guys you mentioned. Marvin Williams played two years at Carolina. He's 6'10". And you go, well, he's got the skill – he was on the team with Sean May and McCants yeah. and those guys. Like he's, there's this physical stuff that he has. We can maybe work on the other stuff, but again, you don't know. And also, you don't know what those kids' motivation are. You're taking what, kids so young. Say, you don't what, know what do you do. What's up here? What's, what's up what drives them? What you know? Look at Ja. Ja was. He could have been the answer. He would way. have been the answer to that. I think he is the answer to that. If all of this hadn't blown yeah. up in his face in the last six Booker. months, is Lamelo Ball doing anything? He's okay, but he's hurt a lot. Devin he's, Booker, yeah. But they're not like Giannis. No, no. Jaw was the one. Jaw was the one. But it's also the way he plays is how sustainable is that? It also feels, and maybe I've missed it, but I feel like we would have talked about it on this show. It feels like Adam Silver is constantly dropping hints about how severe he's going to punish Ja Morant at some point, but then nothing's happening. He's well, he waiting until after the finals. He has announced the punishment will come down after the NBA finals. Okay. Yeah. He does I not want to take away from the finals. I think unless they're going to say, here's everything else he's done. Like, if it's just what it is, I think he's on a very slippery slope if he goes harsh on him. And every, every indication is that they that he's going to. Yeah, because he because The he behavior's out, legal in the state. He came out and said, like, yeah. I'm not illegal. going off of a legal precedent. This is an NBA league precedent and how you make the league look. There are like, politicians in this country who do that all the time. Flash guns. Are you going to not let them go to an NBA game? Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand how like Christmas cards. Right. I just don't understand how that's, I don't know. But that's a whole other thing. But I, he was the answer, probably. Yeah. He's he's probably the answer on that. Um, all right. What do we have, Gibby? Uh, good morning football clip. There you go. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. This morning on Good Morning Football, they asked the question, should we be talking more about the Cleveland Browns? Let's have a listen. How about that segue? Yeah. Time for the lead block. Oh, Brown. Lead block. Yeah, nice, Sarah. I'm giving credit to McCourty. Nice Good. segue. Cleveland continued mandatory minicamp yesterday as Deshaun Watson prepares for his first full season on the field for the Browns. I'm pretty far ahead of where I was last year. Last year it was, you know, as far as football been on the field, just learning a new system, uh, trying to adapt to, you know, different teammates, different players, how guys run routes. 
you know, how Kevin calls the plays and just being able to, you know, process the game um, at the speed I know. I'm very excited. You know, it's just a lot more responsibility for myself, but uh, I like the weight on my shoulders and, and for me to be able to go out there and, you know, show what I what I got and, and help me lead this team to a lot of victories. That's the, that's where I want to get to. I got to talk for so far this offseason, we have talked Jets, we have talked Steelers, and teams who have missed the playoffs in 2022, but have promising outlooks for this season. Guys that are going to rebound, but we haven't really focused on Cleveland. Should we be talking more about the 2023 Browns? Browns talk. I think we should. It's unusual. Let's get into yeah. it. Um, I love the coach. I love what they're doing with the D-line. Let, let's talk about the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. The, the fact of the matter is he came back last year and played six games, and they were mostly against bad teams. They weren't very well watched. He didn't play very well. But they went 3-3, three and three, and that's how they ended the season. Instead of bringing up those clips and saying, look how bad he was, I think it's important at this point on the football field to remember what he was before, mm. before the world changed, before he changed. This is from 2020. He went 700 days, 700 between playing for the Texans and playing for the Browns. Imagine right now we leave the table today and we don't do another Good Morning Football show till May of 2025. Peter, it sounds like your dream. Um, that's what that's what Deshaun Watson did. 700 days. But I want you to look at these Texans highlights. This is the COVID season, empty stands. It was a terrible, terrible Texans team. They were four and 12. Mm. J.J. Watt walks off the field with Deshaun in the last game and tells him, I'm sorry we wasted one of your years of your prime. Mm. You know how good Deshaun Watson was at? He was amazing. Amazing. You won't believe this. This is a forgotten thing. That year, uh, passer rating, you know, your efficiency, all that number one staff for quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers was number one in the league. Yeah. Okay. He won the MVP that year. Mm -hmm. Jason McCourty, I'll go back at you. Yep. 31 other starters that year, full-time starters. Rodgers was one. Where do you think Deshaun Watson ranked in passer rating on a 4-12 team? Passer rating. Passer rating. 4-12. Yeah. You said he was really good. Yeah. I'll go 12th. He was second. Mm. Wow. Deshaun Watson passed better than Mahomes that year, than Brady that year. He had seven interceptions and flirted with 5,000 yards on a 4-12 and 12 team. He was absolutely phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Excellent, excellent, excellent season on a terrible year for the team. So listen, we've chewed on a million times why the Browns went and got him, why they paid him what, all the unsavory factors of it. The Browns were looking at it like, God, this guy is good. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to forget with all of the gross stuff and all of the bad football that we saw at the end of the, end of the year last year, Sean Watson was like a top five player in the league that year on one of the worst teams in football. He's fantastic. And uh, full offseason, full time with the Browns, like, yeah. he's probably going to be really good, Peter. I know, and I think people, you know, just figured he would just shake the rust off of not playing and, like, here, just throw him in the mix. It was really hard. I remember talking to Michael Vick. Uh, last year about this mm. after he took so much time away from football and comedy he's like it's really hard to adjust and just like get back into it it's a year process mm. now is the time and this team now is the time I know the AFC's loaded and Sarah you started this off saying like talk about the Jets talk about the Steelers we talk a lot about the Colts we talk a lot about the Ravens none of these teams made the playoffs last year it is going to be so hard to make the playoffs this year and yet the Browns have as good a roster as just about anybody outside of Kansas City. You look up and down okay. this roster. Chubb might be the best running back in the league. Mm. You know, Amari Cooper's a number one wide receiver Always in this great. league. Miles Garrett might be the best defensive lineman in this league. They're yep. loaded. And they added someone this offseason. Jim Schwartz, defensive Oh, player. let's go. It's kind of <laughs> interesting. Schwartz has this, this yeah. great... Um, term that he talks about for his interior defensive lineman. He's looking for Ferraris, not dump trucks. 
and he wants to go. And remember, when they were in Philadelphia, when they were good then, in Detroit, he would have waves of different defensive linemen. They would just come. You look at this defensive lineman now, Dalvin Tomlinson. Yep. Obviously, you have now Zadarius Smith. Yep. You have Miles Garrett. They have waves and waves of guys. And if I look at Stefanski, hey, Coach of the Year a couple of years ago. Understandable. Things got a little weird the last two years. Well, obviously, the Watson thing is the, the giant shadow over all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But this, to me, I, look... As much as we're talking about the Jets and the Ravens and the Steelers of the teams that are going to go from not making the playoffs, Browns have no excuse either. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. And they have a coach of the year as their coach. Yeah. And they added Jim Schwartz, who is one of the great defensive masterminds of all time, who came back and said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. Let's go one more ride. I don't know. Maybe we should be talking more about the Browns, but we haven't. And... Maybe that's just how they want it. Mm. The Jim Schwartz is really good to me because you watched Cleveland last year and they had a ton of talent on defense last year. And remember that Jets game where it just looks like Cleveland's going to win the game and the defense kind of falls apart, giving up big plays. Adding a guy like him can go a long way. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Jason, can I interrupt? I'm sorry. I've been thinking about the color thing. Oh, wow. Oh. I think I, I, have a, I, ha I think I have one. Okay. Does this count? Yeah. Navy? Navy. Yeah. It's a color. Do, but yeah. But doesn't it have to be navy blue. Is navy a color? Navy's a color. I got two. There's still two left. I got nothing. I'm, I'm doing a dissertation on Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes. Kyle's yeah. thinking about the naval. Like, I love Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Ferraris, not dump trucks. Ferraris, not a great thing. Trucks. I'm going around the all the conferences, being like, they're out there, out there, out there. And then I still go, hold on, navy. Like, is Akron a color? Because navy is a weird one. It's one of the service academies. That's yeah. you know, like it's it's but like a monopoly. It's like the utilities. You don't think of them no, as part of the yeah. fence. Great. I got navy. You nailed your Deshaun Watson take, and then like he did his homework. He was having his recess. The weeds about some coordinator. I'm thinking like, <laughs> I like you brought up Jim Schwartz. Like, I'm a big Jim Schwartz <laughs> yeah. fan. Navy. Yeah, yeah, Deshaun Watson, great. And I think you talk about him coming back. Yeah, segue into that. Would you have a color for me to go back to? No, actually, I was I'm, about to just Google a color idea I had. Keep going. Keep exactly. going, Jason. And I look at him now coming back. You talked about 2020. Oh, well, that's 2020. But I look at the surrounding cast around him on offense. And you talked about Amari Cooper. They brought in Elijah Moore, hoping that he can take Elijah off Moore. coming from the Jets on that side. Mm. But then also on offense. Offensive line, whether it's Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, two Pro Bowlers last year, Jack Conklin was an All Pro with the Tennessee Titans. Nick Chubb is there, and to be able to hand the ball off to a running back and let him just do his thing makes things incredibly easy on a quarterback. And so for Deshaun Watson, you come back last year, you knocked the rust off, and now you come back, you have an entire offseason not only to improve your skill set, but now good. to get to know the guys around you. Think about what this locker room had to be like last year. Deshaun Watson joins your team all. All offseason, we're talking about we're not talking about the Browns this year, right now in the offseason. All we talked about was the Browns last offseason. So for the players, you had Jacoby Brissett there, the awkwardness, all right, now Deshaun's back. Well, Jacoby's been leading us the whole time. There's been no question marks this offseason. Deshaun's the guy. He's improving each and every day. We know him now. We're not answering questions about him after every practice. Now we can focus on football. And I think the Browns are a team that once the games start, we're saying, all right, we're not talking about him now. We'll be talking about him mm -hmm. in September. I actually think they're in a really good spot here because so much attention goes to the Bengals, and that's sure. fine, right? And, and Baltimore. And Baltimore, and especially with the Lamar Jackson offseason, and then he gets the big contract. You know, we were talking about the Deshaun Watson contract a year ago, and now we're talking about Lamar Jackson and his contract. I think they're in a great position sort of being the – they are the under-the-radar team, but they had seven wins a year ago, and that was with the controversy, chaos, chaos 
And if you go, they had let's seven. go. They had seven. I had no idea how many games they won last year. Like, and Watson only played the last few, but we think of it as like him like tripping all over himself. I know. So it was the strangest season. Seven wins. Take those seven wins over to another division, the NFC South, and you're one game off yeah, of winning right. the division. I mean, the NFC South sort of skews everything. Yeah. But I think it, we're not talking about this wasn't a two-win team a year ago. This was a seven-win team. And to that point, Kyle, it was sort of quietly seven wins, right? We've talked about it many times. It's, it's one of those things where it's not going to be until this season that there will be. Everybody just stayed away. It's fine. Stay away. We'll That's see fine. You. See you on down the road. We'll see you on down the road. And yeah. listen, you're going to get your answers quickly. Right away. Quickly. This is a good team. Now they got to go out there and they got to do it. They got to prove it. School's out for summer. Been a great Friday. It has been a fantastic Friday. I'll, I'll just say tomorrow. that. So, uh, the we big- don't work Saturdays. The Big Ten 2024 schedule is coming out, so this is when USC and UCLA come in. I am hearing that in year one, Ohio State will not play USC. And if that is the case, that is the greatest dereliction of duties ever. They won't you have play one job at all. Play those two teams in year one. And from what I'm hearing, they're not going to. They should be playing. Sounds like Ohio State. From what I'm hearing, Ohio State is going to play at UCLA. Michigan is going to play at USC, but they are not going to play Ohio State against USC in year one. USC needs to play Michigan and Ohio State. Of course. Every year. Of course. Period. Yeah. yeah. Especially in year one. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. I will we'll see, see you on Monday. Tomorrow. There is a show tomorrow, uh, sure? Browns Daily It feels like Friday. Sure? It feels uh, a lot no. like a Friday. Trust me. What if there's smoke at the undisclosed location? We're, we're taking plenty of days off over the next few weeks. Just ask the girl. Not me. Not you. Yeah, he's off for an entire week next week. It's supposed it's to rain, though, so that's good. All right. Uh, the next level. So that's good. The next level is next. Later, Browns Daily. ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.